welcome back to It's All Her, the podcast. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I was an actress in a previous life and I'm a mum to a toddler. I've got a lot going on and I have a passion for helping women live simpler, better lives. For the latest in lifestyle and entertainment news, head to itsallher.com. Last week, Jessica Rowe's podcast made headlines for all the wrong reasons after she released an interview with Pauline Hanson. Now, the backlash came thick and fast with many furious that mainstream media had once again given Miss Hansen a platform. I think the part that I found most infuriating was that the interview was trying to humanise a person who has spent so many years dehumanising First Nations people, people of colour and immigrants to Australia. They tried to paint her as a loving mother and a determined politician. Now, this backlash caused Roe to release a public apology and the episode was removed from the listener app. And then came the backlash to the backlash, people crying out that this was stifling freedom of speech and we can't just cancel people we don't agree with. Well, newsflash, we can if their views are as harmful as Pauline Hanson's. I really wanted to talk about this in this week's episode, but it's not enough for me as a white woman to sit here and discuss why this is wrong and harmful. In situations like this, we need to pass the mic to people of colour. We need to listen and we need to learn from their lived experience. Current Miss Universe Australia and proud Indian Australian woman Maria Thetil came on our show last year and she shared with me the impacts of inadvertent and casual racism. So I really wanted to invite her back on the show to talk about this particular issue and how we can do better. Here's my chat with Maria Thetil. Maria, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. We've got to, we're going to talk about oh no problem. <laughs> no we're going to talk about a pretty pretty big topic. But you yeah. came on uh, just after being crowned Miss Universe Australia, and we spoke about casual and inadvertent racism yeah. and the effects that it has on people of color. So mm. I can only imagine the harm that is caused by outright racist rhetoric. Yeah. The recent saga with Jessica Rowe releasing an interview with Pauline Hansen, who has mm-hmm. openly said some pretty abhorrent things towards people of colour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How harmful are her comments? Yeah. You know, um, thank you, firstly, for holding a space for me to share, I guess, my views on the issue and, and what I think. Um, it It is, it, it's been massive. I mean, we know that Pauline Hansen has vilified First Nations people, you know, a lot of anti-Asian and anti-Muslim rhetoric. And, you know, even the way she referred to lockdown public housing residents and then the COVID Mm -hmm. misinformation, you know, this is somebody who actively oppresses, dehumanizes and others people. And Mm -hmm. I think the harm that's done um, by Jess Rowe inviting her on the podcast it just invalidates the lived experiences of people of colour. It's like when the best way I can explain it is think about how, you know, when when people say, I don't see colour when they're talking about racism. I I don't want to see colour. That actually invalidates racial experiences. And Mm. similarly to say, I actually disagree with her politics, but I want to talk to her about gardening and love. Actually, By platforming a racist without questioning their harmful racist ideologies, that's complacency. And there's this Mm. beautiful quote that I love um, from Desmond Tutu where it says, if you're neutral in situations of injustice, then you're on the side of the oppressor. I think, you know, by not questioning 
and pulling it up and at the very least trying to ask her, you know, this is what I think, this is what I disagree with to completely negate that. That's complacency to me. And I think we're talking about someone who is in support of oppressing any group that doesn't conform to Anglo-Celtic ideas of what it is to be Australian, right? Um, And we abolished the white Australia policy and the Immigration Restriction Act, but Pauline Hanson still enforces those views. And at every opportunity, she promotes her racist ideologies and she encourages people to join One Nation. That's what she does. Mm. And, you know, trying to pitch her as this gardening, loving mum who talks love. To humanise her. To humanise her. It doesn't change the fact that she's a racist sensationalist who's built a career on white victimhood. And whilst people of colour condemn her actions, we live in a society where the systems and the structures actually serve um, to give certain groups privileges that others don't have. Mm. Um, and, and if I may, if I may, I want to explore a different perspective that I'm, I want to see discussed more in media that I yeah. will be bringing up in different arenas. But I want to talk about white media for a minute because you said um, whilst you have very strong views on this, you said it's not enough for me mm. as a white woman to speak to this issue and you've asked me, Maria, would you like to share your views? That's giving a platform and using your privilege to then say, tell your story, right? Yes. I've seen many journalists, let's talk about Chris Ullman, for example, who said what has happened, you know, by people asking Jess Rowe to take the podcast down, he said it was an attack by progressives who lack wit and curiosity to understand a different worldview. Mm. I would like to use this to illustrate a point of why we need more diverse representation in Australian media. Australian media and the people who hold power in media, it's overwhelmingly white. There was a spokesperson for Sky who said that few Australians know what it's like to not have a platform to share their views and to be silenced. And that's why they're going to continue to have Miss Hansen on a range of shows and panels to understand what it's like. There are hardworking, effective, deserving politicians, media figures, and journalists who are Black, Indigenous, or people of colour who Mm. do not get the same opportunities because of this. And their cultural and linguistic diversity is why they don't get invited on podcasts. They don't get invited on TV shows. They're not visible on TV. But no one talks about them being silenced. Mm. And I was writing about this for a column that I've just written. It's not gone live yet, but there was a report by Media Diversity Australia last year that said that 75% of Australian TV presenters and commentators and reporters have an Anglo-Celtic background and only 6% have an Indigenous or non-European background. And that's why media have historically underrepresented or misrepresented Black, Indigenous and people of colour. It's because you can't possibly cater to, represent or understand groups that you don't belong to. Mm. How can we expect our media, like Jess Rowe, to understand, respect, and accurately tell all Australian stories when we have all white panels speaking on behalf of communities they don't represent. So for all those journalists who are largely white that ended up saying this threatens freedom of speech, debate, conservative political representation, you are just showing your inability to see beyond your privilege Mm. Um, just because you haven't been directly impacted by what you're calling a different worldview. It doesn't mean that other people haven't Mm. because racism and bigotry, it affects people differently. That much is clear, right? Um, I also feel like 
there's just a huge element of being completely tone deaf and just not being able to remove yourself from, you know, your lived experience and to think about it from another person's experience. I totally understand what you're saying with, you know, Mm. that huge percentage of media figures being white. Mm. But I would like to think that even if you are white, you should be able to empathise and completely we don't know what it's like, Mm. but to have some empathy and capacity Mm. to think about is this appropriate, is this going to be offensive yeah. And I feel like mainstream media is run by middle-aged white men yeah. that are making those decisions. They are yep. not representative of a lot of the new media that's coming through. Yeah. Why do you think mainstream media continues to offer figures like Pauline Hansen a platform? Do you think it it could just be as simple as also they want the clicks and they want the views? I think it's a mix of those two things. And I think the answer was actually in your question. Um, Pauline Hansen, like I said, sensationalist, very polarizing and a very divisive figure. So continuing to give a platform for her, clicks and views that pay the bills. And Mm. there is a benefit in doing that. However, because the people in the boardrooms, in production teams, in marketing teams, you know, a lot of the executives in Australian media based on this report that I looked at from last year, Mm. they're all white. And like you said, a lot of them are middle-aged men. Mm. So when you are trying to craft media and trying to think what sort of story should I tell, is this going to be sensitive? Well, you actually don't know because you don't have a seat at the table for all the different communities that Mm. you're trying to create media for. And as, as, you know, by having these, these different media outlets that are being run by people who are white, in essence, just let's be frank, you know, these all white media outlets, they don't understand what it is like. You can say you can empathize, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, you you will never be able to understand Mm -hmm. what it is like to be a a member of the communities that this woman has harmed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are still surprised to learn that racism is poisonous, pervasive and alive in this country today. Remember what I said, the, the White Australia Policy and Immigration Restriction Act, it was abolished years ago. Yeah. But we still continue to put forward a very white idea of our national identity. It's why all our newsreaders are white. It's why people were surprised when I was elected as the representative for Miss Australia. It's why, um, you know, anyone who doesn't fit that bill We Mm. ask them, where are you really from? Do you know what I mean? It's this white idea of our national identity that doesn't actually coexist with the reality that this country is made up of hybrid cultural identities. So I think the fact that it is all white with a mix of we want to put out things that are going to get people talking, it's Mm. a mix of that. But Jess Rowe interviewing her, it just... What that does, and, you know, Australian media defending the decision to interview her, Mm. it just reminds me as a daughter of South Asian immigrants that I still have to fight to belong because platforming her, humanising her and continuing to hold a space for someone like that after the harm that she has caused, Mm. it says that the trauma that we have experienced and the, the harm she's done to these communities, it's not that bad. And they're still going to hold a space for her because we don't matter and our experiences aren't valid. That's what it says. 
And then all this debate about cancel culture, there's a time and a place for it. And I mean, there's issues that we can debate and that are up for for conversation Mm. but then there's issues about you know lived experience Mm. you can't invalidate someone's lived experience it's not up for debate it's not up for conversation and if people of color or from any any group say Mm. that something is offensive or hurtful or harmful Mm. that's it that's what it is but do you know you saying that that is, it's beautiful and you're, you know, you're willing to get on board and that's showing allyship. But for a lot of people, you know, and conservatives, you know, particularly, us being able to say this has been our lived experience and following the Black Lives Matter movement, this has gained momentum, right? Talking about diversity, talking about oppression, talking about how it still affects us today. A lot of people like, oh, my God, the world's gotten too PC these days. You can't say anything. And like in this instance, they're saying we were just holding a space for a different worldview. But if your views directly harm or oppress Mm. someone else, then you absolutely should lose that social license. Totally, yeah. You should. And I think the difference is that, you know, conservatives might say that progressives are threatening freedom of speech. Well, actually people of colour and anyone else who has been underrepresented, we're just not going to tolerate being dehumanised and oppressed Mm -hmm. and degraded or humiliated anymore. And we are going to demand better. And that's courtesy of the digital revolution where now everyone has a voice. And because we finally have a voice, we've been able to say, this is not okay. And it's resulted in Jess Rowe reflecting on our actions Mm. and then acting accordingly. You know, gone are the days where we have to we have to take it in silence. So there was a pretty swift backlash. Yeah. Um, and pretty quickly the episode was taken down. Jessica Moore released a statement saying that listener had removed the episode. To me, it felt very stock standard of the the black background and the text of the apology. Yeah. And that feels like the usual sequence of events when something like this happens. There's mm. a public figure that finds themselves in hot water. Yep. There's a retraction, an apology, mm. and then there's a period of silence Yeah. until they reemerge and it feels like all is forgotten and everything kind of just gets swept under the carpet. Mm. That's, how it, that's how it goes. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why it goes that way because, again, the privileges um that white people have in society and the ability Mm. to make these mistakes and say I'm sorry and a space will still be held for them or if you're poorly enhancing you don't apologize and you continue to enforce this harmful rhetoric and Mm. media still holds a space for you but I can guarantee you that if it was a black indigenous or a person of color who had made these mistakes god we have to tread so carefully don't fuck up because people won't accept it excuse the language but the playing field is not equal and that's why it's easy to say, oh, my God, I, I messed up. What I would like to see from someone like Jess Rowe who's done, you know, especially with this specific context, what would have been better is, you know, okay, she's apologised. Mm. But what steps are you actively taking? Why don't you do a podcast episode dissecting why this has been harmful? And then mm. can you let us know what sort of work you are taking to be actively anti-racist? Because yeah. it's not just enough for her to say, I'm not racist, I disagree with her. You need to be anti-racist and that means not holding a space for these harmful ideologies because Mm. it is a matter of life and death for certain communities yeah and that's how you that's that that to me is genuinely like I yes I'm sorry but I need to do better and this is how I'm doing better 
you're right. It's always the the, the notes or a black square and yeah. in silence and then all is forgotten. But people need to be accountable. Mm. You touched on before, you know, that she needs to show the steps that she's taking. Mm. How else can we be more constructive in moving forward, but also creating a better media landscape where things like this don't happen? Yeah. You know, I think, well, firstly, until every single underrepresented group that has been misrepresented, that has been underrepresented, until they have a seat at the table, we are Mm. going to continue seeing these issues because, you know, and and it's not just media, it's in politics, it's in business, it's in decision-making spheres. I think if we don't have that, then there is always going to be a power imbalance. But until we get there, leverage the tools that you have at your disposal to make your voice heard. And if that's, you know, no matter who you are, and in particular, if you are white and you have a podcast or you're a white figure in media or you have, you know, even one other person listening to you, don't be silent or complacent because this issue concerns you too. Because mm. whether you are directly involved or not, you too benefit from the systems that we live in that allow things like this to continue and harm these communities in the first place. So I think people need to be vocal and don't let it get you down when there are people who are saying that your views are threatening freedom of speech and debate and things like that, because it's not. Mm. Freedom of speech should absolutely be preserved, but if you're harmfully and willfully oppressing somebody else, then you need to accept that there's going to be freedom of speech where people are going to speak up and not tolerate it either. And I think it's really, um, to be quite frank, I think it's quite pathetic that Australian media has then shifted the focus from the real people who are the victims in this scenario and are silenced every day. Mm. They have shifted the focus to paint Pauline Hansen as a victim who has been silenced and to then talk about Jess Rowe and say, poor Jess Rowe, her mental health. Because once again, we're not centering the people who actually need to be the focus of this conversation. Mm. And who have actually been harmed for as long as time has been. <laughs> yeah. This is how it's been. So um, I think, yeah, I think we need more representation. People need to not be quiet and don't be afraid to call it out because we yeah. absolutely can do better. Yeah. And it's not cancel culture when you're calling people in to be accountable. Jess Rowe can take actions to remedy, I guess, her part in it. Mm. Pauline Hansen has done enough. She doesn't yeah. have any intention of changing the rhetoric or her views. So Let's stop giving airtime to people that are harmful. I could not agree more. Maria, you have such a huge uh, online community where you hold space for discussing these issues. Mm-hmm. So where can our listeners go to, uh, to learn more and to hear more from you? You're such a sweetheart, Jodie. That's really lovely. Um, they can find me on Instagram. It's just Maria Fatil. But excitingly, one of the little things actually I can share is that I am Nine Honey's newest columnist where I'll be writing a lot about diversity and inclusion, but also everything, life, dating, whatever, just whatever I want really. So if you want more, I'll be writing monthly columns for them. That is so exciting. Thank you. Congratulations. And there are a few other projects that I'm not at liberty to share, but keep up with me on Instagram to see what else is coming up. But you'll be seeing a lot more of me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, my love, for holding this space. No, thank you so much. And for, you know, you're just so 
vocal and unapologetic in how you feel about something like this, knowing that it can be contentious for people who might be more conservative, but your allyship matters more. And I thank you for holding space for me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's very important episode of It's All Her. If you'd like to listen to my first interview with Maria, I will leave the links in the show notes. If you have loved this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen and I'll be back in your ears very soon.